Hello, everybody. My name is Andrew, and you are listening to Episodic Memories. Sitting across from me, that's right, it's the leader of the Lifetime Movie Network, Mark Gonzalez. Mark. That's right. I um, I am the leader of the Lifetime Video Movie Network. How's that, uh, how's that panning out for you? Good. We signed a contract with... Um, Meredith Baxter Bernie. Meredith Baxter Bernie that should get us into the next century. Yeah, she will... Just whatever you need. If you need someone to show up to be like a like an oppressed housewife. Well, we've got a fun idea in the works. It's going to be a little bit like Psycho. Uh, this you're getting the inside scoop here. Ooh. It's going to be largely advertised that this movie is about her, mm-hmm. and then we will find out about by the first commercial break that she's murdered by her daughter's abusive husband. And then the rest of the movie is about the daughter trying to get revenge on her abusive husband. So yeah, look forward to that next um, season on Lifetime Movie Network. Do they have seasons on that network? Lots of seasons. What season are we in currently? Is this like depressing Christmas movie season? Yes. Okay. Okay. Mark, uh, Christmas was uh, the other day. Thursday. Last Thursday. How was your Christmas? Oh, it was wonderful. It was a gonzalez family christmas you were there i was there the dog was there the dog was there um my niece was there yes alexa she's really cute wasn't she yeah yeah she took a nap and then we all had to be really quiet you know i've uh, taken naps before mark and i don't think on I, living room I, floors <laughs> i don't get that same kind of benefit. yes in the middle of the living room and yeah. most people are like oh well you know that's rude it's rude. Why yeah. are we supposed to trip? But then the, she just flops out on the floor and we're supposed to bend over backwards? That doesn't seem right. What's this, what does that teach the child? Equal rights. Am I right? Miss Sandry. Am yeah. I Miss Sandry? All right. Not all men, everybody. Not all men. <laughs> How great was it to, to have me there at Christmas? It's always great. It's always great. It's always a good time. You're everybody's favorite part. I show up and everyone just... Uh, your Uncle Joe, forgot my name Joe. a couple times. <laughs> I don't think Uncle Joe likes me. I think yeah, just I show up. I and, think he likes you, and he's just kind of irritated. Everybody that, like, likes your you. Jerk off friend is here again. <laughs> it's like, what is this fucking kid's problem? Why is he here? Is, is he like sick? Because it's is Christmas. He, is he sick? All doors are open. Mark, you can tell me. Is he is he sick? Like, is your jerk off friend sick? Is he has a brain like, sickness. Oh, what is it called? What's it, what's the brain sickness? Brain sickness. Brain sickness. Okay, yeah. that's what I thought. He seems he seems a little His off. Brain's really sick. <laughs> he's got uh, he's got brain problems. Yeah. That's Did you good. get good presents? Did I get good presents? Yeah. Yes, of course. You got me a bunch of stuff. Uh, uh, I got some wonderful socks from your mother. Mm-hmm. Got a beautiful wallet from your grandparents. Uh, I got a gift card from my friend Andre. Yeah. So this Christmas has just been gangbusters. It is. Yeah. Did you get good presents? Wonderful presents. You got me a Batman funny book yeah. that probably has the Joker's boner in it. It has the word Joker uh, makes a bunch of mistakes, and there's a very famous panel where he is pounding a newspaper that says Joker pulls major boner. 
Well, the thing is, I've read that comic before, and it is not just one or two panels. It is. It it's is like th- every panel is about him being mad about being made fun of for making a boner. Yes. And so and he's then, gonna he's gonna make Batman pull a boner. He's gonna make, but yeah, Batman. Everybody's gonna see how big Batman's boner is, and <laughs> then I'll forget the them. Yeah, yeah. The, people will forget Joker's, Joker's boner, small time boner versus Batman's huge, huge boner. boner, like huge, huge boner. People will be. Just falling over themselves, seeing Batman's boner. And it's hilarious because when you read this comic book, part of at first you're like, at first blush you're like, oh, well, boner means something now that it didn't before. But I'm pretty sure those writers knew what they were doing. <laughs> and editor's like, this is great, guys. This is and great. Going, yeah. Goddamn right it is. Boner. Well, they named a character Boner in Growing Pains, and that was in the <laughs> '80s. I think a boner has always been a boner. Like a mistake or like a b- boner? Both, I think. I think if you look at the etymology of boner, it it dates it predates this silver age Batman Ancient comic Egyptians book. Ancient Egyptians scrawling on the walls drawing people with just huge throbbing boners yeah. and just laughing and laughing. <laughs> look at that. <laughs> He's got a big fucking boner. <laughs> That'll show him. Yeah. Take that, Pharaoh. Mark, it's almost the new year as well. Yeah, hard to believe. 2015. 2015, right around the corner. Baby new year. 2014, in a trash can somewhere, sleeping it off. Yeah, just trying to get to the end. Basically what this year has been, just sleeping it off. (laughs) Just just one more day, everybody. One day at a time. One day at a time. uh, You got any big plans for the new year? More episodic memories slash best of the best. Slash a little thing I like to call the Unemployment Express, Mark. Oh, my God. Here it comes. Here it comes. I got the train schedule, Mark. It's coming down the track. Choo-choo. Choo-choo. Thought we were rid of this thing. It's very cinematic. You're looking in the windows, people with like trash can fires. Yeah, it's all it's 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 very inspiring to me at least. It reminds me of like Casablanca. If Casablanca were about like depressed people that uh, that kind of is didn't have a job. Yeah, and or a purpose. They were like sad all the time, and they were like looking forward to having to go to like the bank. Yeah. Because it gave them a purpose That's during the day. That's their big thing. Oh, it's laundry day. Thank God. Yeah, thank... Oh, phew. I was going to hang myself. I got to get that done. I got to... I can't hang myself in dirty underwear. Yeah. That'd be just embarrassing when I'm found five weeks later. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mark, uh, you and I, both on the Express. Currently, yeah. Currently, I'm at, I've, I was... I knocked on the engineer's door... I get to pull on the chain. Oh, yeah, it's fun. I get my, uh, I get a, like a little set of wings and all sorts of stuff. I was gonna say, did he give you airplane wings? Yeah, because that's the a, kind of thing that would happen on the unemployment express. Yeah, it's he a didn't, train. He didn't have. He's like, oh, I don't fucking know. Oh, here, here, I got. Take this, some wings, kid. I got this fucking thing here. Hopefully, you can. It's, it's, it's that's you know the motto, the great motto of the, 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 the unsinkable unemployment express. Sleep it off. <laughs> We all know. We all saw the movie. Uh, yes. 
How is your express going? What have you been up to lately? Um, aside from Christmas, milkshake. Create. Well, what is milkshake, Mark? Milkshake is the most ambitious web series ever, ever produced by by Distant Signal Productions. Oh. Well, that's a that's a heck of a caveat. But it is the most ambitious by, by that by the production company. <laughs> Milkshake is a uh, ten part web series mm-hmm. that I co wrote. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was shot and produced and largely written by um, by one friend of, friend of the show, Philip Atticola. Friend of the show. Friend of the show. Yeah, you're in the show. I am in the show. You're in the back three episodes I'm in the background of a lot of episodes oh I if just, you find if you, you're a little bit like hitchcock that's true i just you I'm go to a train dogs. or no you go to a bus and the door gets closed on your face yeah i'm walking some dogs i'm in like a wheelchair you're I, buying some birds yeah yeah it's that's kind of my thing in this in this thing uh it's uh yeah it's fun it's fun you get to scream a lot you get to you get to flip out um wild and out that's generally how i that's, describe that's my how you act i'm just wild and out, man yeah. where can somebody find this this magical uh piece of footage youtube youtube you could, yeah youtube just look in a uh, distant signal milkshake and that should uh that should get you where you want to go get you where you want to go now how many episodes are up currently just the first two currently the first two there's also audio commentary by me and phil phil yeah um I think the third episode drops before the new year. Okay. So uh, hopefully people check it out is what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Give, it a, give it a watch. Mm-hmm. If you like to laugh. Who doesn't? Yeah. I'm in it. Andrew's in it. I'm in it. I'm not in the first three episodes. Not in the first three episodes. I feel like um, I'm going to put it out there. Big mistake. Big mistake. Uh, we should have like, used you earlier. I feel like... Um, I mean, I could have played multiple parts. I'm kind of like Eddie Murphy like that, where, you know, you could just... Or you like could have been bum. The Alanis Morissette video, ironic. Yeah. That could have been all four parts in the car. Yeah. I'm just constantly looking to, you know, myself, and now I'm wearing a different knit cap. So that's like, you know, this is like the wild side of me. Do you remember the Weird Al uh, ironic video from, like, Al TV? He plays one of the... He, one of the people in the car she's like looking back and forth and he's in the front and he's like waving at her mm-hmm. and then i look back and then he like climbs out of the car while it's still moving <laughs> and she like starts laughing it's ridiculous they should do that more al tv al tv yeah. i loved it they used to do it they used to do a whole like hour-long thing every time an uh, album of his would drop yeah my girlfriend uh and i were having a fight about weird al yankovic it was a, it was a spirited discussion i see about she won't she's not gonna like it. she's not gonna hear this mark you can well i don't want to say it was a fight if it wasn't a fight okay spirited discussion because we did have a like... fight about who, who likes movies more yeah and has seen more movies okay now that was a drag out this was a spirited discussion this was though. a spirited discussion of the merits of weird al yankovic and she was like i i just think he's dumb i've just always thought he was dumb she's wrong wrong S- since i was and i was like what have you heard of his what do you know of his yeah. What, what, have you been there, man? Well, even if you heard Fat Need It, you're like, those are pretty good songs. Those are fun. Those are fun songs. And she said, I just saw like a stupid thing with him on MTV 
where it was like nothing but his videos and I wanted to watch something else. And I was like, you saw Al TV and didn't love it? Because when that would come on MTV, that was the only time I was watching MTV. Yeah. So what what um, uh, did you did you like move her stuff out? Like how did the? I assume she's I assume she's gone. I've she's changed the locks. Completely she will removed not be coming from your back. life. To say something as as foolish as saying that the like Weird Al Yankovic is not just intelligent and great. Our our generation's Mark Twain. Basically, yeah, I'll put it out there. Yeah. Yes, I'll agree with that completely. <laughs> Absolutely. Even if you're like, oh, he does dumb parody songs. It, it, parody songs have existed since recorded music. Yeah. And um, they are head and shoulders above other forms of, of parody songs. Even, yeah. even then, like, more recent albums where you're just like, these songs are probably pretty bad. Like, they still have a good... Um, I'm saying the songs that he's parodying. In a lot of bad. cases, his parodies are better than the original song. Yes. And usually are more remembered because you'll listen to the back catalog and you'll be like, I don't know what song this is riffing on. Uh, Yeah. Like, uh, I didn't know I lost on Jeopardy was our loves, loves in Jeopardy. Jeopardy yeah. Until probably like five years ago. Yeah. Because sometimes he does like these style parodies that they're supposed to sound like a, a specific kind of band. But there's uh, here's Johnny was is also a parody I found out this year mm-hmm. of who's Johnny I think it's called and I was like Jesus this is original song is really awful too <laughs> yeah it's uh, it's 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 insulting I'm angry now Mark that <laughs> you got the she, blood up she just she just said she just sees a snapshot of an LTV which is great to begin with yeah it's like seeing Citizen Kane and being like I don't get it uh, what's the what's the deal it's a sled uh, it's the, Oh, he drops the snow globe. Oh, yeah. Why do we see all the ceilings? That's that's weird. Who was there? Put he the was there to hear him say the last words. Yeah, I'm the only person that ever thought of that. Am I right? This guy knows. Get out, Mark. We are talking episodic memories, though, and we're talking about the end of the year. Yes, the twilight of the year, specifically the twilight of careers. Oh, so the end of the year. The end of a career, our careers, hopefully uh, here on the Unemployment <laughs> Express. Yeah. So get 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 comfortable, man. One of the greats, Kookamonga. Yes, yes. We are talking about one of the greats in terms of television, comedy, comedy. Absolutely, just in TV. Female performers, TV in general. Just one of the greats, Lucille Ball. Yes. Now, what do you know about Lucille Ball, Mark? Um, she had a TV show called I Love Lucy. That is correct. Uh, she liked the Marx Brothers. She, yeah, I think they worked together at some point. Yeah. I want to say, but, uh, definitely. Well, Harpo appears, she does the mirror gag with Harpo in one. Yes. Episode of I Love Lucy. Uh, definitely inspired by kind of vaudevillian, very physical comedy. Yeah. Uh, Anything else? I think I, uh, she had a number of shows after I Love Lucy. She did. Uh, to Nothing quite captured the initial success, I think, of I Love Lucy. Well, I mean, it's hard to... I Love Lucy is a, is a landmark in terms of sitcoms. Now, you might... Still on. Here's, well, it is still on. You can, it's one of those shows, and I think the rumor, that, like the old tale, is that you could turn on a TV in any country in the world and flipping through the channels at some point during the day you're gonna come across a rerun of i love lucy yes like recorded in the 50s 
landmark when i when i I'm, when i'm saying this right now you might be rolling your eyes or you're like oh who cares but like a absolute titan in terms of making television what it is today yes all of the stuff that you see on i love lucy you might watch now and you think well that's that's all hacky it's very broad that didn't exist like yeah. it, that in they desi arnaz invented the three camera setup the the live studio audience the setting taping things mm-hmm. that wasn't that was never thought of or or you know they were like well, he, kept, he kept yeah he would make recordings of the live the live broadcast whereas before you would have to point a camera at a television if yes. you wanted to record and that's why honeymooners footage all looks awful and that's why and and to, to store it correctly too so we have all the episodes yeah as opposed to the honeymooners where we're missing certain uh uh, uh a lot of them episodes yeah exactly because either they were destroyed or they were taped over that was a, a thing that they did a lot they're like well we got this old footage and we'll just we just, what do we need this for? Who's going to ever see this again? Yeah, who cares? Who cares? It's like watching a play, you know? You can only, you watch the play once. Why would you want to watch it again? That's what they, but there was none of that. So brilliant, brilliant minds. So Lucille Ball, landmark. Yeah, Avenue Q, definitely don't want to see it again. Anyway, Lucille Ball. So uh, that's mainly what people remember for is I Love Lucy. But you're right. She had a bunch of shows after that. She had, uh, um, the Lucy Show. The Lucy Show, which was right after I Love Lucy. Then she had Here's Lucy, which yeah. was after I Love Lucy. So she had, like, if I Love Lucy's in the 50s, Here's Lucy is in the 60s, and then, um, or I'm sorry, the Lucy Show's in the 60s, and then the tail end of the 60s, early early 70s is Here's Lucy. Yeah. And basically, what would end up happening is she would essentially just play the same character. Like yeah. Like, I Love Lucy, she's married to Ricky, and she was, like, a housewife, and she had a kid, and et cetera, et cetera. Then she was in... She went to um, the Lucy show. They brought in Vivian Vance, who was her best friend on I Love Lucy, kind of the same characters. And this time she was like a divorcee, and, but she was in it for her. She was working. She was, you know, she's getting into crazy adventures. Yeah. And then here's Lucy. She worked at a bank, I believe. And Mr. Mooney was her boss. And Mr. Mooney... Uh, Mooney! Uh, was played by Gordon uh, Gail Gordon. Yeah. And... Uh, um, he his his big thing was he had a slow burn. He would have just you know just she would Slowly do something she would get flummoxed and it was just kind of build and build and build. So though yeah those three shows and even though they you know here's Lucy and the Lucy show didn't have the same towering success and the, we don't remember them as fondly they were still very very good in terms of the ratings they were on for like six plus seasons each show each yeah. iteration so uh, it, nothing to scoff at but the thing. We Mark. didn't watch those shows. We didn't watch those shows. What we watched was the 1986 sitcom on ABC entitled Life with Lucy. Life with Lucy. Life with Lucy. Let's dig in with a little segment I like to call, Hey, 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 what's going on here? What's going on here? Mark. Life with Lucy. Now, I'd never heard of this show. Hadn't heard of it. no idea that this was a show. Premiered on September 20th, 1986. Yep. ABC. I was a few months old. I was two. This show was created by Bob Carroll Jr. and Madeline Davis. Now, these guys, uh, writing this writing duo, were uh, I Love Lucy writers who developed Lucy and Desi Arnaz's 
a vaudeville act. Yeah. And that vaudeville act became the pilot for I Love Lucy. So how old are these people at the time that this show is running? 86. I think they were born in the 20s, so they would have been about 60. All right. They only died. They died. Um, they died about 10 years later. So yeah. they died in their 70s and 80s. Uh, they, these two, Bob and Madeline, wrote mainly the bulk of the series of, of Lucille yeah. uh, Ball shows. They wrote majority of the I Love Lucy's. They wrote a majority of the Life with Lucy's as well. Uh, now, the episode that we watched is entitled Lucy Makes a Hit with John Ritter, the yes. second episode, which aired on September 27, 1986. This was this episode is written by Bob Carroll Jr. and Madeline Davis, directed by Peter Baldwin. Now, Mark, interesting to know, Life with Lucy was one of these deals that ABC did uh, that they thought slam dunk. Can't miss. Can't miss. Lucille Ball had been off TV for about 10 years at this point. She had done like a TV movie before, a couple years prior to that, um, uh, and, and where she played like a homeless woman. So like her stock, like people were remembering like, oh yeah, I, I remember Lucille Ball. Yeah. Like, yeah, she's really like, again, one of one of the celebrated comedians. And so ABC said, here's the deal. We're going to give you 22 episodes. They took 22 episodes right out of the box. Yeah. On top of that. No pilot. No pilot. No focus testing. Nothing. They're just like, go to town. Because uh, you guys have complete control. Absolutely. Lucy can do whatever she wants to do. You guys set it up however you want, and we will air it, and it will be, it will be great. Yeah. Here we go. So they said, great. This is... I don't. I, I'm not. I'm not going to say this is unprecedented, but like knowing what we know about television, this is an incredible thing to come across. To say it, no pilot, uh, full season out of the box, and uh, um, nothing. We won't focus test anything. Nothing. Yeah. No. No. It's just as long as Lucille Ball's in it, and 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 you have to think from um, from like a, a insider's perspective. You're like, okay, well, you know, I love Lucy was. Uh, very popular show like one of as you were just saying one of the one of the most important shows still airing it's still airing today here we are 70 years later on top of that uh you have a lot of the same creative talent you have these two writers you have people that created i love lucy you have lucille ball in, in herself like we're getting the band back together gail Gail Gordon is there. Gail, Gail Gordon is there. He's he, like, he's Lucille Ball at this point is like 75 years yeah. old. Gail Gordon is like 80, but they have pulled him out of retirement to come back and uh, do this show with, with Lucille Ball. I read that he was given all of the money for the 22 episodes. And they're like, even if the show gets canceled, which it won't, you still get paid for all 22. Great. Great. Yeah. Which if I was him, I would be like, so I need to be as bad as possible to get this show canceled because I just I already got the money. It's mine now. So let's. Uh, so the show also has. So yes. Yeah, so th- they're like we want it, we want another show that is as successful as I Love Lucy. And or and, or we'll take life. We'll take uh, here's Lucy. Yeah. Or we'll take the Lucy show. Something that'll run forever for six years. We got a lot of talent. We just do it again, guys. Let's just, just do, do it, it again. again. And, uh, yeah, the, like, everything is there. Everything is there. ABC wants this thing. 
because they had they basically they got because I Love Lucy aired on CBS, so they coaxed Lucille Ball away from CBS. Yeah, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, you're thinking to yourself, well, this this spoiler this can't miss. spoiler alert. This must not have been a hit because I haven't heard of this show. Yeah. So let's dive in and see. We'll we'll discuss what happened with this show at the end. But uh, so the credit sequence starts. Lucy looks like an older woman. She looks like an yes. She's you. You see you see her eating the chocolates with Vivian Vance yeah. in the fifties, and now it's it's weird because most people have that image of her from the long long trailer or this or the I Love Lucy, and then you see her here older, and you're like, oh boy, and you're like, oh yeah, I guess she is older. How's this gonna go? Barry. It's not like Angela Lansbury where she has been old since the Manchurian Candidate. Yes. In no. 1964. Lucille Ball, is, she was like a fiery redhead. Yeah. Was, you know, she was attractive and funny. Yeah. But no. here we are now. She's she's older. She's a little, she's, you know, a little bit of... She's older time. That's what happens. That's you get what old. happens. You get old. Deal right? with it, America. So I, we, get a, we get a very long title sequence. I'm going to say right now for the record, and I'm going to splice it in. This theme song sucks. This theme song is awful. Yeah, it's not great. Uh, it does, however, feature in its cast as one of Lucy's uh, granddaughters, mm-hmm. uh, Jenny Lewis, who, as you may know, is uh, was the lead singer of indie darling band uh, Rilo Kylie. <laughs> they uh, disbanded in 2011. She also played the um, the girl in The Wizard. Oh. That was her other big acting success. Against Fred Savage? Yeah. Yeah. And then um, now she's in a... Now the, her band is Jenny and Johnny, I think. She was also in... Uh, she also sang all the female roles in... Uh, all the female vocals in the Postal Service album. You know that one. Yeah. Everybody knows that one. Yeah. So who would have known? So I see this and I'm like, oh, wow, they got her. She's... I bet she's going to be like all over this episode because mm-hmm. people must have known she was talented. And it's the second episode. And it's the second episode. So I'm watching this and I'm like, all right, she's going to like, she's going to have like a toothache, I bet. Mm-hmm. Like Lucy, I'm already constructing an episode just around this character who like, we're just going to skip Lucy's kids and go directly to Lucy's granddaughter and like gonna have a toothache and they're gonna hug at the end like that's the show yeah it's about a woman and her family got it act one right off the bat lucy walks in she walks into a hardware store it's an empty hardware store lucy walks in from the back huge applause thunderous surprising amount like well i'm gonna play it right now
I, I wonder if they had to. They have to deal with that. I, it'd be interesting to watch another episode and see if she gets the same amount of applause every time. I yeah, bet. I bet she does. It's weird. It's a. It's it's disconcerting because it kills the flow like right off the bat. So she comes out. Everybody's cheering, and you're like, "Yeah, I guess you know, she deserves it." And then she starts vamping with like a spatula. Yes, and she's yeah, she's you know eating up this applause. Basically, she's doing this thing with the spatula, and she's pricing it and doing this. And there's nobody else on set. It's, it's a bit. Just of, it's her. just a bit of business because the the applause is still happening. Yeah, and it's not like curtain up applause. It's just like, oh, here she is. She's here. Everybody, shut up. Shut the fuck up. She's here. It's like we landed on the moon. Yes. <laughs> yes. Papers everywhere. Uh. So then, Gail Gordon. Walks Gail Gordon in. walks in. Also, huge, huge amount, of amount of applause. A big. <sighs> he comes in. He's got a bag of chips and a soda. Or I'm sorry, a, a slurp. slushy. Yeah, slushy. That's right. And uh, we get a little bit of taste of what Lucy is in this show, where she chides him for eating so shitty. Yeah, she's like a health. She's nut. a health nut. She's always wearing like a track suit, and she's always. You know, she's the fit grandma. Which I love. I love it's the 80s. And, like, being a health nut is somebody who says, don't eat a whole fucking bag of potato chips, please. So Gail Gordon, like, that's obviously not his name. That's what the actor's name is. But Gail Gordon says, uh, you know, fuck off. I'm eating my chips. But the problem here is, and this should immediately have come, you know, when the writers came up with this pitch, they should have realized this very quickly, is that... um, when you see Lucy in the opening credits, you're like, oh, she's a little older, but yeah, she's still got the same pep. But when you hear her speak, it's completely different. It's like she's been smoking for and, every day. And she has. Yeah. Uh, you hear her, and you know, we'll go and cut in the line of dialogue. Curtis, are you eating junk food again? No, I'm having potato chips and a slushy. <laughs> they have no nutritional value. I hate to see you eating them. Then hide your eyes. Oh. They had Tom Waits do VO on this, apparently. Don't eat that. That's not... Don't eat those chips. Yeah. That's not right. So she crushes his bag of chips on accident. Accidentally, there's a flip-top counter that she has, and she crushes her bag of chips. And... Uh, it's a good, it's like a funny visual, but the gag is awful because he's like, I know you didn't like my junk food, but did you have to kill it? And you're expecting something a little bit like zippier than like this weird on the nose kind of statement from him. Yeah, I think that the joke, I also think it would have worked better if, because she closes this flip top countertop on it and it just, you just hear a crunch. Yeah. And in my mind, they should have had a cannon under the table so that when it collapses all like, the chips just explode, explode into his bag. face yeah that would have been funny but instead no it's well it, the the bag was open i believe so that would doesn't matter oh, it should no. still happen so uh lucy gets told by one, oh go ahead you have something to say somebody comes in and says lucy those, those uh plates that you those ordered. plates that you ordered so now i'm watching i go oh i guess she's part owner of this because again i don't know what's going on on this show right uh, I thought she just worked there, but she, I guess she can order things. So I'm like, okay, she owns it, maybe, I guess. And then there's well, a, a back and forth between her and Gail where Gail explains that yes, they're, her, they're co-owners. They're co-owners. Her husband has died, 
and under mysterious circumstances she is now a widow and um now she was bequeathed his uh stake in this hardware store yeah so now she is a co-owner with gail gordon uh lucy reminds her of this we have a bit of business again it's the second episode i guess we have to remind the audience again like yeah just so you know like here's what's going on some other woman comes in huge huge applause. applause now do you know why she gets big applause do you know who this is this was ruth buzzy Ruth buzzy comes in that's correct but i only knew that because of the credit sequence afterwards i i was like is everybody gonna get a big applause like is it took me a little bit to realize oh this is a Another famous actress. Famous. She was on Laugh-In. Yep. She was on Rowan and Martin's Laugh-In. She played a bunch of different characters, but she's mainly known for, like, uh, I don't remember the character's name, but uh, basically she had a big purse, and she would always be kind of, like, put upon by, like, uh, um, you know, some, some somebody would say something lecherous to her, and she would, like, hit him with her purse. Yeah. She had, like, a hairnet and the whole thing. But uh, she comes in, and this is just a one-off guest spot that she comes in, and she's looking for doormats, and the guy says, oh, the doormats over there. And so she wanders off to get doormats. And you're just like, what is this show? What is going on here? Who should come in next? Again, it's just this. Again. <laughs> oh, it's my good friend. Uh, uh, Dean Martin. <laughs> hey, everybody. Oh. Uh, How'd all these people get into my bedroom? <laughs> So this person comes in. John Ritter. John Ritter. Now. John Ritter comes in. And John Ritter is playing John, John Ritter. Ritter. That's correct. John Ritter comes in. Huge applause. Again, everyone that's just coming in, just big applause. Big fucking applause. John Ritter wants doorknobs. He's in town. He needs some antique doorknobs. Gail Gordon doesn't know who John is. And then there's some kind of weird joke where he's like, no, wait a he minute. He says, I recognize you from television. And, they get, and John's like, well, well you know, sometimes I don't know about I'm on that. a TV show, but uh, you never know. And then he says, uh, you're on, you were on the five o'clock news. You were that guy that was stealing money from those Girl Scouts. Tiss, tiss, tiss. Naughty, naughty. And he's not joking. He's saying this in earnest. Which there's better jokes to be made there. Like there's a better punchline. It's so weak. It's It's, so weak. It's like uh, I don't know. It should be like you're you're the first person to get a post op operation. (laughs) It's so good. Just oh, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of all of the. I don't agree with your lifestyle, but to do it and just say this is who I am, I love it. Of all the gags to 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 do, like. This just there's no teeth completely even flat. for night especially for 1986. It just you're just like what is what like, is this? You pointed something out to me when we were, were talking about this show. What? How far away was Seinfeld? Like two years. Two years later, we're like gonna the have Seinfeld Chronicles would have aired in I think 89. Right, and that first episode is about Jerry not knowing if he's gonna bang a girl. Right. Yeah. So like to go from this joke to this isn't even a dad joke. Like this is this like is just a, bad. This is just a bad joke. And and then John Ritter makes a face to the camera. Yeah. So Ritter goes off to find some doorknobs, and he does a little bit of physical comedy with these. He's on these, these ladders. ladders yeah. He's like sliding across and doing these big ladder gags. Okay, great. Lucy Lucy comes back. Lucy comes back. Uh, Lucy comes back, and she sees John Ritter, and uh, she's like, "Oh my goodness, John Ritter's here from Three's Company." Well, I thought the phrase was two's company, three's a crowd. Is that a joke? That's that's what that's what he says. That's I, great. Is it a joke? 
So she, Ruth Buzzy comes back. Well, before that, uh, before that, Lucy climbs the ladder to help John Ritter look for doorknobs. Yeah. And accidentally crushes his hand. In in between two ladders. In between two ladders. Uh, and then he falls off the ladder. So you're, again, folks, you're at home. You're hearing all the physical comedy that's in this show. Does it work? I don't think so. Not yet, at least. Hang on. Have we explained that what John Ritter's doing in town? John Ritter has not. John Ritter uh, is there because he's uh, performing a play. At the Pasadena, Pasadena Play Playhouse. House. Yes. Which, it's strange to me that this show is set in Pasadena, because I'm like, does do people know Pasadena, California? Like, I know Pasadena, California, but I wonder if somebody tuning in in Wisconsin would be like, oh, Pasadena. I, wanna, I know what's going on. I want to think that, like, I Love Lucy was mainly set around, like, the Hollywood Pasadena area. Pasadena is not Hollywood. It's out there. Not to the people in the Midwest. Oh, okay. So uh, John Ritter falls off this ladder, crushes his hand, and he's like, whoa, ooh, you know, doing like big, like big physical like crossing kind of, his eyes. You're just like, Oof, all right. All right. I see where we're going with this. Ruth Buzzy comes back and she's got uh, they do a couple of these doormat gags where she comes back with the doormat and she's like, well, I don't it's know. It's like folded up in front of her like a taco. Yeah. And she's like, I don't know if I can use this doormat. And she opens it up and it says like, go get, away. Get lost. Get lost. And you're just like, like our big laughs the audience is eating it up and you're like so our joke is based on like a novelty doormat that i've seen before yeah it should have said like like nice butthole like that yeah it's got to be something absurd something like yeah one that just says like uh um i don't know fuck off like if it if it just said if it just said like fuck off or boner hey like get it, off of me it just said boner don't on wipe it. your feet on me yeah it was a talking doormat yeah whatever it was instead it just says buzz off or get lost or whatever and you're just like oh, oh okay like those doormats exist yeah that doormat exists i could get that doormat doesn't make it a joke she comes back she sees john ritter she screams oh my goodness oh Oh, we reveal here again that John Ritter's in town because of the Pasadena Playhouse thing. Lucy talks about how much of a big fan of John Ritter she is. Yes. Huge fan. Huge fan. Big time. Huge fan. Uh, She manages to... Was Three's Company still on? Wasn't that show in the 70s? I want to say it was just just over. Okay. But John, Three's Company was on ABC. This is on ABC. Yeah little bit of synergy I think, he, deal. I think he had something else coming up at that time yeah anyway um she manages to hurt john ritter more uh she crushes his hand with the um with the, the, the flip top the the table the potato thing yeah she 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 hurts it, her his hand there and so she hurts his foot yeah she she keeps uh she keeps like bonking him on stuff yeah and so they say oh we got to take you to a hospital we have to take you to a hospital he's like no actually uh, I'm okay. Um, my wife's out of town. My wife is with her, my, the kids in Hawaii. So like, I'm just at a hotel up the street and they're like, well, no, you can't, we're not going to send an injured John Ritter to a hotel or the doctor. Yeah. You're coming home with <laughs> You're me. You're coming home with me. And then they like lead him out the, uh, the door. And then, um, they, they hurt him again on the way out. They like run him into a they do the Al Bundy thing yeah. where they like run him into the door frame first and then push him out the door. 
and that's the end of the that's the end of that scene. And it was about eight and a half minutes long. Oh god, it took forever. So we go scene two of this. So first they kidnap act, him, which basically. could be funny, but Is for it? whatever reason, it's not. It's not. No. It's at it's at about this point where we get to our next scene where I realize, oh my god, they're just. They're just doing exactly the same thing they've always been doing. This is what the show is. And they don't realize that, like, structures and jokes and these big, broad moments aren't that worked in 1950 are not going to be working in 1986. You got to do something a bit different. Like, yeah. They can still work. Like, physical comedy and sitcom still works. Again, look at Seinfeld. It's a lot of physical comedy in sure. that show. Yeah. But it was different. This is exactly the same. Scene two, uh, we are at Lucy's house. Lucy is a, the grandmother yeah. in this in this show, and her family arrives home. Her daughter, Margot, and her son-in-law, Ted. Margo. Her son-in-law, Ted, and her two grandchildren. They come and find John Ritter sleeping on their couch, yeah. and Margot is like, look at that hot piece of ass. And they fawn over the fact that John Ritter's on their couch. Yeah, And uh, as they're describing John Ritter about like, oh, he's so adorable. Look, he's got, he's look, look at his, his, his hands are all bandaged. Yeah. He's making, he, again, big, broad, weird takes to the camera. Yeah. Like at one point they mention his eyes. He's fa- he's faking being asleep. They mention his eyes and he like turns to the camera and he like crosses them. And yeah. he's like, oh, boy. Lucy, uh, so Lucy like, um, it's like, oh, we, you know, we're taking care of, we're, I'm taking care of Mr. Ritter, blah, 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 blah. And then she shoos the family off. And that's the only that's it. time that's we, all the family. The, we see the family. Uh, John Ritter's like, well, I guess I should probably get to practice, you know, rehearsal for, for the my play. play. And she's like, well, hold on a second. I got this, I got this snack for you. It's a delicious, healthy treat of wheat germ and sauerkraut juice and tofu. Huh? <laughs> Tofu? No. Gross. Am I right? Am I, am I right? Which tofu didn't really become socially acceptable is as a food source in America until like three years ago anyway. So I guess it's okay. Yeah, but again, it just feels so... It's like... It's nah. cheap. It's cheap and it's like... Oh, and it's she's, this paste. She's a health nut. Get it? Yeah. You get it? And then she like crams it into his mouth. She like tries to feed him because he doesn't want it, and and uh, she feeds him, and she they make a big mess, and this this thing goes on for like three more minutes. He has just, one of the best lines I've ever heard, which is, "Whoever the guy was that named that tofu knew what he was doing." <coughs> yeah. So then at the end of the meal, she tries to feed him a carrot stick and inadvertently starts choking. He gets he's, he, he gets, gets lodged in his windpipe yeah. and he starts choking. So Lucille Ball, does Lucy, the Lucy does the does the Heimlich on him, and he spits it up, and we get our act out where he's like, "Thanks for saving my life, but I think you bruised a couple of my ribs, couple of my ribs." And Big laugh. That's it. That's that's the end of the act. It's holy shit. You're just like. Really? So That's the we're hour? like 15 minutes into the show now, right? Act two. Uh, we are at the Playhouse rehearsal, and Lucy is on stage. For some reason. No. Sitting next to the director, and they're watching this rehearsal of this like World War I uh, uh, war drama. Yeah. The rehearsal plays out, uh, and it, basically it's a scene where a nurse wheels out John Ritter, 
he's like an injured soldier and they have this dialogue back and forth about uh, he falls he's fallen in love with the nurse nurse, exactly and the nurse is an older woman and she's like i'm an older woman you only think you're in all soldiers fall in love with their nurses you're a young man you'll forget about me during the course of this rehearsal though the actress is getting frustrated with the scene direction that she's been given by the director which this didn't make any sense to me that like what's my motivation to poke him yeah like basically fucking poke him all right basically that's what it is is she's supposed to poke him with a sewing needle that she has because they're like going back and forth on something and she's like losing her shit about having to poke him with a needle the director loses his shit and he's like just fucking do it yeah just it's it's I think that well, the scene they wanted is the one that's in Singing in the Rain, where it's like, just make sure you say your lines into the microphone. Yeah. But instead, it's weird. She ends up walking off. She's like, I can't take this kind of direction. I quit. So she quits. So, so she then... quits and she leaves. And it's like, who are we going to get to play this part in such short notice? Yeah. I would love for at one point for them to be like, I'm not, I don't know. And then, like, that's the end of the scene. <laughs> yeah. And then we go back to Lucy's family. Lucy says she'll do it. And he's John Ritter kind of and says, you're like, okay, whatever. Sure. John Ritter is trying to convince the director not to let Lucy do it. So he goes off to make a phone call. Lucy puts the screws to John saying, I saved your life. I would be nicer to someone who saved my life. John says, fuck it, fine, whatever. Whatever. This play's a fucking disaster anyway. The director comes back, and he says that he might be able to get Joan Collins to fill in. And Lucy says, well, fire that fucking bitch, because I'm going to do it. Then we go to commercial, right? Act three. Yeah. So that was all. That's the whole act. It's just this weird onstage thing. Act three, we're seeing the play happen. Yes. Of this one scene. And... uh so Lucy is there now in the middle of the, of the actual performance. Lucy wheels out John Ritter. We hear her family call to her off screen going like, oh, it's grandma. Yeah. She turns to the audience and she, she waves, waves and she manages to push John Ritter off stage in his wheelchair. Then she brings it back and there's a little bit more physical comedy. Where now, like, this all could have been funny. You're right. It could have been. You, there are play, like, you see plays like this. Like There's a really good play called um, Noises Off that's... Um, like a play that's gone wrong. Yeah. And the first act, we see the play as it's supposed to play out, and we're getting a little bit of the backstory about the characters. Like, the two of the characters are in, are are like actors that are in a relationship, and another one's kind of like a recovering alcoholic, and the director's really mad at everyone. And then we see backstage of a performance a couple months into the run where everything's just gone to shit. Yeah. And then we see in act three, we see a performance from the front of house again, a few months after that where everything has completely gone to shit. Yeah. Like the relationship is broken down. The guy's falling off the wagon. Like, and it just builds and builds and gets funnier and funnier. To Instead with this though, to me, the idea like Lucy beats the shit out of John Ritter for an entire play is funny to me, <laughs> but just, it just doesn't end up being funny. Cause I guess the way it's staged or some of the physicality doesn't work. It's just like at one point she manages to bind up his bandages in the wheel and he like has to consistently like jump over it. So he doesn't trip over these yeah. bandages. And then he gets like spun around off stage and he like misses the bench. And you're just like, okay, fine. Right. Let's fucking do this. Yeah. 
So at a certain point, John Ritter brings out a harmonica to play, and Lucy manages to get him to accidentally swallow the harmonica. Right, which I don't know if you've ever seen a harmonica. They're pretty big. You would not be able to swallow it. No. So now the only reason that that the actress was bringing up this poking thing is so every time now Lucy pokes him with the needle or touches him on the shoulder or in the stomach— we hear a harmonica noise. Which doesn't make any sense. No. If it was a horn that he had swallowed, and every time she touches him, it goes, awooga. Yeah. That would be different. But a harmonica is a wind instrument. Poking somebody in the shoulder shouldn't make it go, Fur. So it doesn't make any sense. This whole gag doesn't make any sense. And we spend three and a half minutes on it of just her touching him and the thing going. Yeah. And then um, they say their final line of this one scene and then they like break character. They and, like, hug. Hug. And that's a freeze frame. And, and that's, that's it. the show. That's it. That's the fucking show. So, Mark. I wouldn't want to accuse Lucy or anybody of anything untoward, but it seemed like a cash grab. You, like, th- you think? They're like, let's get... It, it seemed like what they do with uh, what Adam Sandler does. It's like, guys, they just gave me a big fucking check. Let's get all of our friends. Let's just pay everybody we know and just get out of here quick. I I don't know. I think it's one of those things where she was like, yeah, we can we can go ahead. And you want another Lucy? I'll give you another Lucy. The, get the band back together. I'd love to do another show. That'd yeah. be great. So what happened with this show, I'll tell you what happened. Okay. The show was 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 uh, you know put out 22 episodes right out of the box. First day episode aired, and uh, you know it was in the top 25. Sure. People were interested in it, and then it just fell off a cliff. Seven episodes were aired out of the 14 that were shot. Yeah. Before they pulled the plug. Before they pulled the plug, and um, you know it's 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 easy to pinpoint like where the problems were like. Tastes have changed. You know, it, it's not, it doesn't necessarily have to do with the, you know, oh, well, she's an older, you know, it's like the Golden Girls were going just as strong at the time. Uh, it, it's just, it's so weird. And yeah, so but weird. Golden Girls was about banging. That's the thing. It's, this it's, show is about nothing. It's, yeah, it's her fucking around for 26 minutes. And yeah. Nothing happens. And, when you see the structure, you're like, yeah, this is like, this is basically what I Love Lucy is. But seeing it now here versus seeing it in the 50s, you're, you're like, this is apples and oranges. I, for yeah. some reason, it doesn't work here, but it works here. And I, I don't You've know. got four big-ass scenes where not a lot happens. Mm-hmm. And then they hug at the end, and you're like, what? that's not a genuine response to anything. Like, she just ruined this guy's play after beating him up, and he's like, oh, Lucy. And then they hug. And I he should be furious at her. He should just quit and walk away. I don't know. TV Guide named this show one of uh, the top. They're they're um, had a big list of the worst TV series of all time. It's landed at number twenty six on that list. <sighs> I don't know if that's necessarily deserved. I mean, it's bad. But like to say that this is the it's worst. It's really one bad. of the worst. Uh, I I would probably be able to think of. 26 more bad shows? Maybe. I don't know. I think part of it is that there were such high hopes because, like, again, the pedigree is there. But I don't know. 
supposedly Lucille Ball was really blown away by the uh, amount of criticism that the show received. Yeah. She got really depressed over it. And this aired in 87. She, 86. Uh, you're right, 86. Uh, she only made a few more public appearances before her death in 89. Yeah. Like, mainly fueled by the fact that critics just savaged and ravaged the show. Um, there's a really famous interview where she goes on the Joan Rivers show at the time, and she... Um, she like cries over the fact that this show did so poorly because she was like promoting it at the time, but you could tell that the writing was kind of on the wall at that point. Yeah. Um, it's sad. It's sad, but they were right. It's a bad show. It's not good. Yeah. And uh, it's interesting to know that there's just this weird footnote at the end of this uh, famous career of just this awful, awful put together show that taste of change you can't take something old and just do it again you kind of you have to modify it somehow right yeah definitely you can't just keep putting the same stuff out there for 60 years and expect no one to say oh, i'd like something else now i guess it's not 60 years it was you know 40 something years it's weird to think that like nobody nobody saw this coming though like well i think it was the show was staffed by people who were all on the same page they're all yes men and people who love lucy and that's why you need sometimes studio inter- interference can make it work sometimes the studio being think, there I to don't say think it could have been i don't think it was even like studio interference that like well there wasn't any i just feel like someone, i think when you give somebody like here's all the money in the world well, go so, for it someone on staff should have like they this is the problem the with, show is written by people who are like 65 years old that's what i'm saying that you need to mix it up like it's good to have an old a couple old hands that are these television uh um you know, savants that have been doing this for 40 years, but you also have to staff the writing room with some younger people or some, some different voices to at least say like, guys, what are we doing here? This is 1986. This show has four scenes. The act structure is all wrong. This is it. it, This sucks. There are no jokes in this show. Yeah. Like people want laugh lines. And I know there's not necessarily like laugh lines and I love Lucy, but you can't just continually go to the well of funny face to the camera, boing, oh, he fell off a ladder kind of stuff. Yeah. It doesn't work that way anymore. And then you get fired. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Because you look at Golden Girls. You look at look at what was on at the time. Cosby Show. Cheers. Um, Please cut out that Cosby Show. <laughs> it's too hot right now. The Golden Girls. Thank you. Um, um Cosby show. The Cosby. No shit. Jesus. God damn it. All right. Well, the Simpsons were a couple years off by this point. Married with Children was a couple years off by this point. Seinfeld was a couple years off by this point. So you have all of these shows of these, you know, big game changers, but you also have a lot of good sitcoms that are on at the time. Or was Cheers and Mash? Was Mash still on at this point? I think Mash was done in like eighty-two or eighty-three. I want to say even better. MASH has, like, every episode has maybe 15 scenes. MASH yeah. has, like, a closer structure to what a television show should be. And if that show had already gone off the air, then you're like, what is the, what is the issue here? Like, Well, you go back you go back to the 70s. You have All in the Family. Like, Norman yes. Lear is still banging out shows at this point. Maude has already aired. Or we could even point to, uh, I mean, we probably should have pointed this out earlier, but... Um, Three's Company has more acts. It has some physical humor. 
John Ritter's a, it known. A, it has a lot of physical. John humor. Ritter's known for his physical humor, but it's also it's, situational it's somebody humor. Somebody listening at a swinging door and then just oh, blasted in the face when he's comes, having sex. <laughs> Mujibar is having sex. Yes, and uh, the structure had already changed and had been changed for a long time, and they show up with this 1940s vaudeville act, and you're like, who thought this was going to work? Yeah. Would the show have worked in um, like a? Let's say it's not Lucille Ball. Let's say it's like young. Uh, I mean, you're, you have to rework the show in terms of oh, it's a grandmother. But like, let's say you change that around and you try and do like an I Love Lucy style show with a younger cast. Does it work then? Could you just redo I Love Lucy like right now? You mean? Yeah, not 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 like beat for beat, but just doing like it's a Probably. married it's a married couple. It's a three camera sitcom. And, like, it's people that are really good at physical comedy. Probably not. You don't think so? I don't think so. I The only thing I can think of is um, working it. Like, Ooh. that was a big throwback, Ooh. right? With, like, physical comedy that didn't work and a, a concept that was just so tired and lame that you're like, oh, Jesus, I don't want to see this. Working it uh, for those was uh, ABC had a sitcom where... It was basically pilot bosom, with our good friend Kevin Faust. Kevin Faust. Uh, bosom buddies. It was like two guys that dressed in drag in order to get jobs. Right? They were like yeah. looking for female candidates for this like executive job, and they executive assistant. They land and this job. These guys pretend, pretend to be, to be women. women. It only aired like three times, I think. Yeah, the story I had heard was, and I feel like you told me this, but the story I had heard was that the guys went in to pitch the show and they were like, we want a smart, witty comedy that's a little bit like, you know, like kind of a throwback to w- William Wilder. And the executive was like, who? And they're like, you know, the guy that did uh, Some Like It Hot, Billy Wilder. Yeah. And they're like, oh, cross-dressing show. Perfect. Let's do it. I, what, uh, no, I, 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 uh, I didn't mean that. Is Tony Curtis still alive? <laughs> well, find out. We'll get him. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. It's a shame. It's a shame. Like, that's what it boils down to. Because you watch, because it's one of those things where people always say, oh, well, you know, they don't make anything new. And, uh, it, you know, TV sucks nowadays because it used to be good, but now it's not. So you can't have it both ways. No. Where you're like, nobody makes anything good anymore, but TV used to be good. But people, it was as we see here, people were trying to make <clears throat> what it used to be, and it doesn't it's, work. It doesn't work, yeah. I don't know. So now that we've completely shit on this show in the grave of Lucy Ball, yeah. uh, let's let's Andrew go ahead and, and I have been tasked with writing our own pages of a potential next episode in a segment we call, well, you know what? You, you fucking do, do it. it. So uh, let's see here. I'm looking at this. I have highlighted pages, uh, lines here that are just scene direction, and it looks like you also... I am also scene direction. Also scene direction. Okay. So, um... This should be fun. This will be fun. Okay, here we go. These are Mark's pages for Life next with episode. Lucy. Interior hardware shop. The shop is completely empty. In walks Lucy to thunderous applause. Lucy is carrying a box of inventory. She opens the box and takes out an egg beater. The audience is still clapping. They are clapping for their parents, their aunts and uncles, the past generation that is now the new dead and unable to give Lucy the adulation that she deserved in her time. Lucy twirls the egg beater, seemingly shocked by the simple mechanics involved with two sets of gears rotating at right angles. Her smile is a tight, forced grin. A horrific rictus that for the audience is now too familiar. A sad few make the connection that this is how the woman will look in only a few years, perhaps a few months for all they know. 
Those poor souls who have recognized the association now clap harder and with an increased frequency, as if the sound of their palms pressing together could stay times in different passage or drive from their minds the knowledge that life is merely a prolonged death. Lucy puts the egg beater into her hair, using it to curl her locks. The clapping audience laughs now. Their laughter is forced and brief, like a dog's bark. And in many ways, it is more like a bark than a laugh. This sound is driven not in response to the acknowledgement of humor, but by an intense, singular fear of the future. Their shared, crackle- shared cackling is a horrified call. Looking at Lucy Vamp, they realize the true horror of man's declining years, that preceding the cold embrace and death, there are months, years, and in some cases, a lifetime of irrelevance. The egg beater gets caught in Lucy's hair, and she reacts quite comically. She reverses the direction of the egg beater and removes it from her red hair. She wags her finger at the egg beater as though it were a poorly behaved child. The audience has never stopped clapping, and in this moment their communal applause is a thunderous storm of self-deception. The ridiculous nonsense of chastising an inanimate object rings true to them. For what is, what is life if not a meaningless series of moments wherein humanity's laws are pressed upon an uncaring world? Lucy carelessly throws the egg beater into a box marked free. Dear God. The clapping is now ceaseless and deafening. They all know now. Lucy, with this one act, has acknowledged what the audience was too afraid to confess, that only with the ultimate casting off, the cold, endless, and limitless death, does one truly become free. The audience claps till their hands fall off, and they are all reduced to what they have always known they were, a rotting, bleeding pile of death. And that's how you do it. That's it. Um... Now, did you did you like take this from a, a, like a like an actual next episode? And just I believe this re- is, this is episode stuff? three, actually. Oh boy, that's that's good. That's good stuff. Um, I guess what I'm trying to say is this show is depressing because it's old people, and it's old people doing their best, and you realize, so oh god, they don't realize that the world has passed us by. It's it's never it never was their game it never is our game yeah it's somebody else's but it's not it's not any of us it's not us watching and it's not them performing yeah let's go to andrew's pages mm. i'm gonna i'm gonna lay down i'm gonna lay down second. next to you for a little bit um you can do scene direction and uh curtis i'm sorry no scene direction and leonard Leonard is uh, the box, the, like the bus boy or the uh, bag boy. He's yeah. like the fat guy that we see yeah. very briefly. Uh, and I will play um, Curtis, who is uh, Gail Gordon and uh, Lucy as well. Okay. Okay. Scene two, act one. Curtis enters the hardware store carrying a large box labeled ball bearings. He struggles to carry them through the door. Leonard runs up. You need some help, Mr. Gibbons? No, Leonard, I've got this. He huffs and puffs as Leonard watches until finally slamming the box down on the countertop door. The phone rings. Could you get that, Leonard? Leonard nods. He easily lifts and replaces the box where it was to get to the phone behind the counter. Hello, B&M Hardware. You don't say. You don't say. You don't say. Okay, bye. Who was it? They didn't say. A long take to the camera as the audience howls with laughter for 45 seconds. Lucy enters, carrying a large box labeled Fire Ants. She struggles with the box. Kevin's science project is going to be a first place winner with these Fire Ants. She huffs and puffs to lift the box. 
Do you need some help, Mrs. Barker? No, thanks, dear. I've got this. Curtis sees what's about to happen and struggles to lift his box of ball bearings out of the way, but can't. Lucy crashes the boxes together. The cast slips and falls on ball bearings and complains of fire and ant bites for seven minutes. Act out. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty that's, much. That's pretty much. I think between yours and mine. <laughs> Mark, that's going to do it for this episode of Episodic Memories. The last episode of the year. I know. So exciting. We'll be back in 2015 with more gags and thrills and spills and chills and ills. Paying the bills. A lot of ills. A lot of, a lot of wills being read. A lot of kills. A lot of, a lot of pills. A lot of pills, yeah. A good deal of pills. And grills. I don't know. Maybe we'll get some birds or something. Yeah. Shills. We get advertising. <laughs> some kind of sponsorship. That'd be great, sure. too. So, uh, have a happy new year, everybody. We'll see you we'll in a little bit. And, uh, you know. Just see what happens. Sleep it off. <laughs> is, that, is that the phrase that pays and plays for days? That is, yeah. Sleep it off, sleep America. Sleep it off, America. So long, everybody.